0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition,
1: liftoff. Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful?
2: I'm sorry, I don't know anything about it.
1: Live from the Special Delivery Bike Barn in Pensauken, New Jersey, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 193. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center.
3: This is Tom. I'm Cash. This is Scott. Greg.
1: And I'm your host, Don. Today we'll be discussing special deliveries, the Royal Mail's stock dive, roadside mail dumping, and patent cancels. This Week in History... This week on October 1, 1885, the first United States Special Delivery stamp was issued. Developed by the U.S. Post Office in conjunction with the Universal Postal Union, Special Delivery was a postal service paid for with additional postage for urgent letters and postal packets, which were delivered in less time than by standard or first-class mail service. It meant that a letter or packet was delivered from a post office to the addressee immediately once it arrived at the delivering post office, rather than waiting for the next regular delivery to the addressee. Special delivery was at first limited to post offices that operated in townships with populations of 4,000 or more. In 1886, Congress revised special delivery service to all US post offices. Special delivery service was in operation from 1885 to 1997, whereby the letters would be dispatched immediately and directly from the receiving post office to the recipient, rather than being put in mail for distribution on the regular delivery route.
2: I didn't realize that they did it all the way to 1997.
3: Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I sure do. In
1: 1885, Congress enacted... The use of a special stamp of the face valuation of 10 cents when attached to a letter in addition to the lawful postage thereon shall be regarded as entitling such letter to immediate
0: delivery.:
3: I love that the con- first- oh, I'm sorry, I love that Congress had to do that.
0: yeah, it seems kind of weird, yeah and the way that they worded this too it's like in addition blah 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 face valuation of 10 cents it's it costs 10 cents. It's one word, <laughs> two words, I guess.
2: Now you can't take now you can't get Congress to even address postal issues.
4: When did that change? Uh, 1971. That,
2: 1971 when the postal service became a semi-private semi-public entity. And did we're you,
0: going to go through that or over that a lot more when we start talking about the British postal system.
4: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, but they originally in the con- from the time of the constitution they were yeah, set the up as in de- the constitution. They were specified. set up as a department yeah. and actually had a seat on the president's cabinet. Yeah.
4: Wow. And then in the 70s they're not so important.
1: The first special delivery stamp was printed by the American Banknote Company and issued on October 1st, 1885. Special delivery stamps could not be used to prepay postage or any other service. The stamp bears the words, secures immediate delivery at a special delivery office. In 1886, when service was expanded to all post offices, a new stamp was designed. The revised stamp was identical to the first issue, but instead bore the statement, secures immediate delivery at any post office.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. I'd never realized that. I mean, I had seen the wording on the stamps, but I never realized, because this is a really easy way to tell E1 from E2, Yes. It, it's a totally different, you know. Yeah. Well,
2: there's two different ways that, that are really obvious. One is the wording, and the second is the inscription on E1, the The bottom line of the inscription is straight, and on E2, the bottom line of the inscription is actually curved. In yeah. a, it's a
3: see convex I, curvature. See, I knew that one, but I never realized there was actually different wording in well, it. Well, because
2: you, yeah. didn't, you d- just didn't pay attention to it. Well, Which I think is what most people do. They don't pay attention to the wording as much as they do that the fact that it changes uh, just slightly the way it looks.
0: Well, no, they changed the whole way that it was done. Well, yeah. I mean, it, from any po- no, from ta- specific I'm post I'm talking identification thing? of the stamps, though.
2: Oh, I'm yeah. not talking about the service.
3: And we'll have on the website the uh, two pictures of E1 and E2, and you can actually see the, the differences in the wording on them.
1: The release of the revised stamp was delayed by the post office until 1888 in order to allow supplies of the first issue to be sold beforehand. But the usage of the stamps wasn't without issue. Special delivery still only served communities whose population was over 4,000 people and could not guarantee delivery by a specific time. In addition, to be valid, the special delivery stamp had to be affixed to the envelope along with all other postage. And cannot be used to prepay regular or airmail postage. The special delivery stamps are designated with the prefix of E in the Scott's catalog. In why, total, five.
0: Why did they use E?
1: Why did they use E?
4: E don't know.
2: You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. In Spanish, well, I don't. special delivery is denoted by immediata. <laughs> which is usually I Special.
1: Yeah. well, but, Good well
3: try. but it's it's just like semi postals are B airmails are C and the airmail special deliveries are C E come on what's D
0: come on it's pneumatic mail yep and what's F
2: Registrate. Registrate.
0: Registrate, Yeah. and G
3: G I wish I knew what's up G
0: <laughs> what up G Insurance. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Now we're into the ones H. I don't know. H? No, H is uh, something L-F-I-N-O? weird. Yeah. Something weird. Helefino. It does, does, does <laughs> doesn't apply to you. Good stamps. answer, Don. <laughs> that <was> good. <laughs> well, I don't think we put out any G stamps, did we? No, I didn't think so. Mexico has a ton of them.
1: In total, five distinct issues showing the running messenger used in the first designs were made. Which are Scott's number E1 through E5. Beginning in 1902 and continuing for 20 years, special delivery messengers were issued bicycles to deliver the mail. And correspondingly, a stamp was issued that year, which depicted a messenger riding a bicycle and delivering the mail. Okay, is it one of those regular, like, two wheels? Or is it one of those real funky, you know, with the great big wheel in the front and a little tiny wheel in the
4: back?
2: <laughs> no, they were, they were more conventional to what we see today.
4: Those were rad. <laughs> Mountain bikes.
3: I know, right?
4: You need like a there ladder mount- to get on it. It's so badass.
0: <laughs> and you have to have a big handlebar mustache oh. to ride
4: on. Well, you better. <laughs> <laughs> How else do you stare?
3: <laughs> Power steering by mustache? What? <laughs>
4: yeah, you just oh, turn your you head go. and the bike turns. <laughs> it catches the wind.
1: And that's why it's called a handlebar mustache. Uh-uh. Uh Ah. Ah. In 1908, a helmet of the god Mercury, Scott number E7, was briefly used for the design, and the stamp often called the Mary Widow issue after a popular opera in which the lead singer wore a large hat.
0: Okay, who ca- who here at this table calls that stamp a Mary Widow?
4: I'm going to from now on.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, no kidding, right?
3: I had never heard that before.
0: I had never heard it. Although the opera... Um, I believe that was Fast and Furious number four. <laughs>
4: see, do you have a... So painful. <laughs> <laughs> I see, uh... You don't have an image of it yet. Oh, oh the Fast and Furious four? Here, I'll get, no, let me get that for you. No,
1: <laughs> the bicycle design was reinstated and continued with subsequent issues having differences in perforations and watermarks. The series ended in 1922 when a messenger riding a motorcycle was shown, replaced by a truck in 1925. I'm going to reserve my comment on replacing a motorcycle with a truck because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling it would be very violent. In the following years, the truck and motorcycle pictures reappeared as rates changed and various color printing and perforation varieties were created. Finally, in nineteen fifty four, a design featuring hands passing a letter went into use. The last image, instituted in nineteen sixty nine, portrayed arrows. Overall, there are twenty three separate issues of special delivery stamps spanning the years eighteen eighty five to nineteen seventy one.
0: So it started for the United States. So it started with people running, then it went to bicycles, then it went to motorcycles, then it went to trucks. Then it went to tying a letter to an arrow and shooting it to the person. Yes. Just wanted to
4: clarify. We <laughs> should we should make a future series of stamps and have like drone delivery or like oh get yeah these like jetpack a guy with a jetpack. <laughs> <Just make laughs> fictional stamps. How no, awesome. the
0: drone delivery. That's a, I, I got to write that down.
4: That is, oh God!
0: That's going to be everybody is going to see the next special delivery drone delivery stamp.
4: Yep, yep. and then you gotta have the oh, portal wow. one where you like they drop it into a little shiny mirror and it <laughs> appears
0: yeah. a black hole. A little portal
4: it delivery.
3: <laughs> it's faster. You than really, light. you really want to mess with stamp col- the older generation of stamp collectors? You do that stamp, but you do a Minecraft portal. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. They <laughs> will not understand. Just reach into the
4: ether. Uh uh-huh. huh. <laughs> Watch out for the guests. Well,
0: anybody on my Facebook page Guess is it. going to see the new special delivery drone stamp.
4: Nice.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll be seeing that shortly, won't I? <laughs>
4: I kind of like when they do tech, like retro. Have uh, you ever seen that movie Brazil, where they kind of envision the future, but with technology from the 20s, 30s, Brazil. 40s? Right. So Brazil. Right. Terry can make...
1: Gilliam was awesome. I know. I know.
4: Brazil was actually, do you know, a part of a trilogy? Not many people know yes. that. Yes. But yeah, it's Baron Munchauser, Brazil, and the one with the little uh, dwarfs ah, running ah, around. Time no, Bandits. No, 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 no. Time Bandits. Yeah. Time bandits. yeah. yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> trilogy. Weirdest trilogy ever made. But, uh, yeah. Wait, so, what?
3: Time Bandits was part of a trilogy? Yeah. Yes, Bear yes.
4: of Time Bandits. Oh, it was the same character throughout his age. So when he was young, when he was a man, and when he was an old man. That's it's a bizarre trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Look it up. Um, I'm not, de- I'm not denying I'm it. When I was a kid, I think Time Bandits was one of my
3: favorite oh, movies. Oh God,
4: I like drew that map and had it on my wall. But uh, <laughs> you could make stamps like what they would have thought the future would be like. Oh. So the special delivery in the future, they'd have like a guy with a jet pack flying around in this futuristic stupid ass city. What was the name That'd of the, fun. Fun the, art.
0: the, the uh, mutual assurance uh, company? Oh, I thought,
4: assurance, uh, like I thought you were going to go mutual assurance, like destruction. I thought you were going to be mutually there. assured self-destruction. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? No,
0: the pirate the, in the beginning of Time badness. they have the... Uh, uh,
4: Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I re- I know what you're talking about. It's hilarious, <laughs> but I don't remember, no.
3: Mom, Dad, don't touch it. It's, it's evil.
4: evil. <laughs> <laughs> you left the roast on all night, did we? No. All right, sorry. Oh, I got to restart my PC.
0: There's a penguin on the tele.
4: That's neat, though. drone delivery, noise? that probably will no, happen. No, that
1: was the fish upon the landing, never mind.
4: You know, physical mail is never going to go away, so yeah, Drone delivery does maybe make sense. Oh yeah, or they could have huge vacuum tubes going throughout the entire land, and they just put it in a tube and it goes. Actual, all oh, the way
0: oh, pneumatic, pneumatic mail, pneumatic mail. Pneumatic pneumatic mail. mail. Oh my that's, god, yeah, that's very Brazil, it's right? P or PN, right, in the Scotts catalog? No, it's D, D. Wait,
4: yeah. wait, they have a special stamp for pneumatic mail.
0: Yeah, not for the United well, States though. In Austria, oh they had, In Austria and Italy, they had pneumatic tubes going everywhere, and they had pneumatic mail. No kidding. Well, yeah. you,
2: know, you know there was actually. Um, You're kidding? Yeah. <laughs> New York?
4: No, you no, know, actually, he's not. You need a special stamp. Has, oh, sorry that, that can't go pneumatic. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's not the right stamp.
2: New York has a network of pneumatic tubes that they used for mail.
4: Yes, I had seen a documentary on that. Uh, yeah.
2: There was just never any stamps. It was something that the post office used to speed delivery.
0: Yeah, in Italy, they charged a significant fee for yeah, pneumatic it, mail.
2: Yes, but the U.S. Postal Service never charged a fee for it.
0: Yeah.
4: Subways used to be pneumatic. You know that? Big air turbines pushed them, and they yeah. were perfectly cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> Poosh. You're at pneumatic subways, yeah. Pretty cool. Must have been a horrible accident why they stopped it. I don't know. And
3: now yeah. they want a vacuum tube from L.A. to San Francisco. <laughs> uh-huh. That's uh-huh. right. I heard about
4: that, yeah.
0: Mr.
3: Musk.
4: Oh, he's no longer CEO. Oh, no. He's CEO. He's no longer, uh, no longer on the board. On the board. Yep. Yeah. Oops. From oh. a tweet. God damn, Twitter has power.
0: Well, no, it has nothing to do uh, with it. I
4: read the whole thing. The tweet was kind of the cherry on top.
0: Yeah. He, You know, when you have a CEO nowadays, he has to be a lawyer.
4: Well, Twitter can and actually be a legal way of de- disseminating uh, information. The companies are allowed to register oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And that company had, and he did, and oops.
0: Well, he, he made a comment that had financial funding overtones. Yeah, financial overtones. Yeah. And so the SEC goes, we regulate that. Yeah. If he would have said, happy face funding, you know, nobody would have said anything. But when he said, I have secured funding potentially, it's everybody a, goes, oh.
4: Yeah, it's a heavily shorted company, maybe one of the most. And uh, there was a lot of people lost money on that. Who took a short position, right?
0: Yep.
4: Stupid finance. Move on.
3: (laughs) No, we're going to do more stupid finance Yeah, we're going to do a lot more stupid (laughs) finance. Oh, there's going to be
1: more stupid finance. Yeah.
3: But anyway, let's continue with special deliveries for now. Mm
1: -hmm. In addition, two airmail special delivery stamps were issued in the 1930s, along with an imperfect issue, specially produced by Postmaster General James Farley. On June 7, 1997, the United States Postal Service terminated special delivery mail service, which left many unused special delivery stamps in circulation that were no longer valid for such postage. The remaining stamps were allowed to be returned to the post office for their face value as services were not rendered.
0: How sad. So
2: can you still return those sheets to the post office? No.
0: No. I remember, in yeah, but pe- the books still. In like the yeah, it is,
3: but like people the, now use them as regular posters, though. Well, they, no, and
2: well, they generally do go through the mail because yeah. the postal
0: service doesn't Up really until care. Two thousand one or two thousand two, I don't remember what the exact year was, but you could use them, but it had to be on priority mail. And then later on, they just said, "I use them for whatever you want." But no, they they became priority mail stamps, which was a pain in the butt because, you know, you had $7.25 for priority mail, and you had a $0.60 stamp or a $0.30 stamp.
3: Well, speaking of special deliveries, the Courier-Post had an article from October 2nd that a U.S. Postal Service worker dumped a large amount of mail on a busy street in Pensacola, New Jersey. The shame. Oh, The mail, overflowing a dozen cartons, was found on Sunday near the 3900 block of River Road, according to Scott Balfour of the Postal Service's Office of Inspector General. Was he promptly flogged? Uh, Well, we'll get there. The mail was dated for August 8th delivery out of a post office in Philadelphia's Roxborough neighborhood, Balfour said. (laughs) A Facebook user posted a photo of the mail Sunday morning stating, if you're looking for your mail, it may be on River Road by the 36th Street Station. Nice. (laughs) Now, I want to know if the connection was made that if he posted that and then the post office went, oh crap, there is? (laughs) (laughs) OIG special agents who investigate suspected misconduct by postal workers determined the employee responsible for discarding the mail had... had resigned from the post office on September 8th, Balfour said.
4: What's OIG? Officer Inspector General. Oh, Oh, okay.
3: He said investigators have not determined why the mail was discarded. Uh, Two words, disgruntled employee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In South Jersey, adding, we have found no other mail relating to this incident. Balfour declined to name the former postal worker because no charges have been filed. I do not anticipate any further action at this time, he said, adding the mail was to be delivered by workers at the Roxborough Post Office.
0: We all know his name. So
2: my question is, how did it get from Philadelphia to South Jersey?
3: Well, it's not a far drive.
2: When did this happen? Yeah, but why there and not in Philadelphia?
4: Yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, okay, August second. I, I sent a thirty-dollar well, comic, and it, the tracking just ended somewhere in Philadelphia. Well, it was so, supposed to hey, be—it was supposed to be delivered what from what, September eighth? Is
3: that what it said? Yes, August eighth.
4: I've had a lot of packages do that lately. I mean, it's sending a comic. I don't sure them if they're under fifty bucks, so I send a thirty-dollar comic. down in New York, and it just the tracking ends. It's like somewhere in like some bofunk town. You're like, okay, and then it never arrives. That's been happening a lot lately. What's going on? A lot of disgruntled employees throwing on the side of the road, I guess. Yes. Now. now I know. Well, we did the story not all
3: that long ago about the guy who just couldn't handle his uh, hours and ended up uh, yep. keeping it in his truck going, oh, I'll just yes. deliver it later. That
4: one was great. Mm-hmm. That's
3: probably where your package is. Damn. Still mm-hmm. sitting on that guy's truck. His truck.
2: In a swamp <laughs> in Louisiana. <laughs>
4: Didn't you guys say you got a, uh, a cert back four years later or something like that? It was stuck in the machine.
2: I got a. Uh, and, and it, encapsulated an, it was stamp. an
4: encapsulated stamp, and it wasn't damaged. And it was uh, no the,
2: seven years.
3: The holder was, was trash. What was like a, the gears no, grinding actually, it for seven
4: actually, years? But
2: it didn't damage it. It wasn't that bad. It was. It had some scratches and little. But the nicks stamp out of the tam-
4: outside. But the the stamp was perfectly fine. Damn encapsulation, that's pretty awesome. Wait, seven
2: years? Seven years.
4: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh-oh. That would be the only department at the post office I'd want to work in, like that lost mail department <laughs> where they don't have enough information to deliver it. But, you know, you, you remember that movie, uh, God, what was it, um, Back to the Future, where the guy, uh, one of them, where he delivers the mail, he's like, we've had this for 50 yeah. years, and he was all stoked to deliver it. That would be a fun <laughs> job. <laughs> like closure, major closure every day. <laughs> Thank God, we delivered it.
3: Well, we said we were going to get into more financial shenanigans, and uh, shares in the Royal Mail plummeted 24% in two days.
2: Bad investment.
3: Shares in the Royal Mail extended their losses on Tuesday, bringing their fall to almost a quarter over two days, following a profit warning that rattled investors late in Monday's trading session. Okay, I'm going to stop there, because the first thing I have to say is I had no idea the Royal Mail, the the UK's post office, was a publicly traded company. Is (laughs) it really?
2: They
0: privatized in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. That's scary, though.
4: I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, publicly traded companies can go bankrupt. I mean, they can be delisted. You're like, well, the mail's uh, bankrupt. (laughs) I guess we're not getting mail today.
3: The UK Postal Service fell 7% in early trade to become the biggest faller in the FTSE all-share after having closed 18% lower on Monday in response to a warning from the group that core profits would be a fifth lower this year. Mm. The group blamed the updated guidance on missed cost savings and productivity goals, which had been one of the key pillars in a deal with trade union leaders struck earlier this year. Under the deal, Royal Mail committed to reducing working hours in exchange for changes to work practices, But the FTSE 100 company said on Monday afternoon that the improvements were, quote, taking longer than expected to deliver. The group said it now expected to adjust operating profit before transformation costs, which strips out expenses from a long-running modernization program, to come in between 500 million to 550 million pounds in 2018-2019. That compares with 694 million in the year that ended March 25th.
0: And, yes, that was English
3: that he just spoke. Sorry, was I not British enough? (laughs) No.
0: You
1: you pronounce program with the uh, E at the end.
4: (laughs) Programme? Program. Program. Schedule. can never say schedule, right? We're going to keep on schedule. 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 Schedule.
1: I was watching Monty Python last night, and so I'm probably going to slip into some... (laughs)
4: There's a dead fish upon
1: the landing. What's its diocese?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's obscure. Nice.
1: (laughs) Don't get me started on dead parrot. (laughs) Just don't.
3: (laughs) While the source of the problems is Royal Mail's main UK business, the group also revealed that even GLS, its international parcels business, was feeling pressure rising labor and other costs meant that profit margins were being hit more than anticipated at GLS.
0: This um, started basically in 1844. And, uh, and it in, took
3: this long for the stock to fall? Uh,
0: yeah. I, <laughs> in 1844, they everybody went through exactly the same thing. There were private carriers. They were uh, piecing out stuff. One of the big problems is that uh, Britain, like America, promises to deliver to every address. And so, if you have to pay, you know, if you if you choose to live way off in some boondocks area, you get your letter for I think uh, what is it sixty five pence in England. You get your letter for sixty five pence. You chose to remove yourself from the grid and the British post office has to bear the cost of it. Well everybody is going well I'll deliver mail you know between London and someplace else you know really super cheap so they take the cheaper routes and the government is stuck with all these people who say ah you know I'm gonna live over on this hilltop and you have to use goats to get to me um, Goat deliver mail. yeah g- deliver my mail and uh, the what really needs to happen is these guys go, No, you don't get six days a week of mail. You chose to move off into the boondocks. You pick up your mail at the post office. Have a nice day.
4: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And uh, until these governments get around to this sort of thing, you know, if people choose to do it, I mean, if, if you live in New York and you live in, you know, some little suburb and it costs a couple extra cents, no problem. But if you live in Montana, fifty-five miles away from the post office, you're you're co- you're imposing a cost that other companies are going to step in and say, "I'll just cut you out and I'll make a profit."
4: It's suspiciously it, sounding like you have a stake in this. Are you is, an investor? Isn't it yes. in, in isn't 1844 it
2: interesting. how things come full circle? Because 150 years ago, most people picked up their mail at the post office, and the post office would advertise mail because people would get newspapers and they wouldn't necessarily go to the post office unless they knew they knew or expected to have a letter. Yeah. What do
4: you mean advertised mail?
2: They would they would uh, the post office would receive a letter and if you didn't c- come and pick it up within a couple of days, they would put an advertisement in the new local newspaper
4: Shut saying it, These it,
2: people have mail. Please come like, and pick them Gregory up.
4: Gregory Ross, you have mail. Stop being lazy. Come to the post office. Yes, they yes, would. Yes, they would. Actually. That is so rad. And, and th- the
0: coolest thing is on the
2: envelopes. I would get, they
4: would have to advertise for me every time. Yeah, I'd be and, a total ass And about on it. the
0: envelope,
2: they, put the, they had a hand stamp that said advertised. So they, so, so they would have a record that up. that letter was advertised. Hey, yeah. can you
4: ever get things with little advertisements, uh, covers? Is that what you oh, call Oh, they're
2: very valuable, oh, very I imagine they are, yeah. yeah.
4: And like yeah, from one nobody, guy that always gets advertised, because was a curmudgeon that never yeah. came into town.
2: Nobody, <laughs> saved, nobody saved the newspapers. So to have those advertisements along with the oh, letter yeah. is very rare. Oh, that's so cool.
4: What an obscure thing. Who the hell collects yeah. this crap? Uh, That's
2: collectors. People with more money than me. (laughs) Damn, that's so cool.
4: (laughs) And what if it was a famous person that kept getting advertised? Because, they, you know, that's neat. Oh, that's so cool. Well,
0: in in 1845, the
2: U.S. government... John's Wilkes Booth,
4: come pick up your damn mail. So
0: picking up your mail at the post (laughs) office has come full circle. Yeah, in 1844, a guy named Lysander Spooner, he would... Pick up your name's Cash's, off Cash's, the top of your
3: head. Oh, this is like Cash's favorite guy.
0: Oh,
1: this is Oh, uh, he loves this guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. We have,
3: 190, yeah, no, we've heard we of, have 193. We have 193 episode. Yeah. Cash has probably talked about him on half of it, <laughs> at
0: least. at least. <laughs> Lysander Spooner. So he
4: uh he was call him Cash Spooner from now on.
0: He would <laughs> uh, at at the time a letter from Boston to New York cost about 20 cents. Okay. He charged 8, but if you bought your stamps ahead of time, he charged 5. Damn. So the government was charging 20 cents. He was charging 5 cents. And he didn't deliver it to the post office. He delivered it to your front door. Right, for right. Five they they cents. squashed
4: him on this, right? He's the guy that they, oh. they just destroyed. Mm.
0: Oh, they, no, no. They took him to court.
4: Yeah, that's what I meant.
0: And he won. Really? Yeah. And then afterwards, the government goes oh, we have a problem here. So then they just they legislated it. it. They they legislated him away because they couldn't beat him in court. They couldn't beat him the legal way. So they just went there and said... So they changed the law. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I use a P.O. box and I pick up my mail at the post office because I prefer not to have everybody sending me stuff know where I live.
4: Yeah, me too. I have a P.O. box as well. Yeah. And in fact, I have a tricky P.O. box. I have one that you can use the address at the post office with a suite number or unit number so it doesn't even look like a P.O. box. It looks like a street address. Yep. Tricky, tricky.
3: So anyway, this goes... what we actually have here for our FedEx address.
4: Oh, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, Yeah. FedEx, you can deliver to the post office now, yeah.
0: So this goes all the way back to 1844. If the government, if the Royal Mail wants to find out how this turns out, just buy a history book. Yeah. Oh, shameless plug, shameless plug. Relics.podbean.com is my uh, history uh, podcast. And episode number two goes all over Lysander Spooner.
4: Do you, have a, do you have a picture up of anything with this address thing? Is it just a little stamp? Uh, what does it look like? When you were addressed, uh, that, that's just intriguing the crap out of me.
0: Of oh, what? You mean the
4: advertised? Yeah, the advert. I'm oh. sorry, advertised, not addressed. Advertised.
0: Yeah, it either says advertised or it's ADV so that they know that they told the person the letter was here. And they took out an ad in the
4: paper to pick up your damn mail. Yep. is <laughs> so rad. Greg Ross, come get your damn mail. It's starting to pile up. <laughs> that is so cool. Were they ever, like, snooty about it? Like, no, no, no. Again.
0: At- actually, it just says... The following people have mail at the Philadelphia Post Office well, so and list of names.
4: Uh, see, oh, okay. Movie idea. A serial killer killed people that had mail addressed for him or uh, advertised for him. And he, and he would loot their houses and oh, just crazy shit like that. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, retro murder, murder story based on advertised mail. Hmm. I mean, it's a list, right? Mm. And back then they were called <laughs> they were called stranger killers. Back then, because they didn't know why you know serial killers is a modern term, so stranger killers addressed mail or um, advertised mail.
2: Oh, look at that!
4: So it's a cancel almost. It, can did, it go, did it we go did always go over the stamp?
0: No, no, it could be on the envelope. No, it could be place.
2: anywhere. That's so cool!
0: Yeah, never and heard of such a thing.
4: That's crazy.
0: Send Tom a picture of it, and we'll uh, put it on the website. Okay.
2: Uh, this particular one I'm looking at, um, they actually chart when you picked it up, you had to pay the cost for them to advertise it. W- what? That's why it has oh. Some oh, yeah. says some, some one yeah. that. Yeah, you didn't
4: mention some that. cities
2: yeah. would do that. Some cities would actually recoup their cost okay, in so, advertising.
4: So loophole, I'm a postmaster, and I'm like at, a, at a, a local little post office. I'm like, I need to raise revenue. Advertise all the mail, <laughs> even though it doesn't need to be, and then charge a little surcharge on top of it. You know, you're getting half a quarter of a penny or something. Well, no, no, like, no, no. I no. made 20 cents this week. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> you have to understand, uh, one cent was a fair amount of yes, money. Yeah, it's a lot
4: of money. That's what I'm saying. 20 cents extra and, of a week. And I'm these, rolling in it. And
0: these postmasters were all political hacks. They were not like hired people. They were put in because... You know they They're assigned, su- they supported appointed. the president, and yeah, the okay. president would go, "Oh well, you help me out a lot. You know, you can be the postmaster."
4: I'm sure there was advertising mail fraud. I'm sure of it.
0: Oh, these guys! Uh, it, well, you look at uh, you know how they canceled the stamps. Yeah, you know they they had to buy their own canceling devices. <laughs> so they go, "I'm not going to buy a canceling device. Just write the damn thing on the envelope." You know, use it's a so pen. to cool. you do pen cancels? <laughs> no, I guarantee you probably that uh, this one cent charge. Was going, going right, right, in their pocket. right into his pocket.
4: And he's like, why are you charging me two cents? Because the fee is not two cents pet."
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, there was... Uh Oh, Human nature never changes, does it? Never.
0: I think my podcast uh, addresses that in episode number five.
4: <laughs> oh. the, po- the patronage Shameless system.
0: plug number two. Uh, yeah. yeah, that
4: was great. That was a good segue plug.
0: Well, this is all like my, this is my time period, 1850 to 1859. This is when all this stuff happened.
3: that's, that's must have been this your, is one, uh, this your is, previous life. This is one of those things where Cash answers the question. If you could live in another time period, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I would 1850
0: not... 1850 to 1859. No, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to... If if you forced me to live in another time period, I would pick, like, 2017.
4: Oh, no, mine's easy. Four. <laughs> four? Yeah, four. <laughs> okay. The year four. Okay. It just sounds like a fun year.
0: <laughs> Relics.podbean.com.
4: I'm just going to cut that one right out, because that's number three. (laughs)
0: Oh,
4: man. (laughs) The year three, I'm sure, was pretty good, too, but four sounds better.
0: Yeah. Why problem make when you (laughs) no problem have you don't want to make? Right.
4: Wow, so so was that even on your thing, this this whole advertising? Was that even part of this podcast? or Was that just a – I mean, God, there's so much crap to learn about this crazy industry. Where do you just learn the basics? Is it well, like a could... 101, stamping 101?
0: Well, you know where I suggest people Pilaralale go. one. There is a podcast called Stamp Show Here Today. And if you listen to it, you'll learn this stuff. Nah. And relics.history or Oh my god. Shameless <laughs> plug number 4. <laughs> just
1: shameless.
4: Just shameless.
3: Yeah, n- yeah. yeah now it's just shameless
1: anyways guys um, I have a meeting in 15 minutes
3: I gotta
4: bye Bye. -bye. it was a pleasure nice hearing from you again Don.
1: nice to talk to you guys talk to you soon
3: okay love you bye bye
1: bye
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, get all her little flubs and make it the dunning (laughs) the dunning that's neat that's crazy I love that kind of weird history was that part of your original uh, what you were going to talk about today the advertising or was that just a side note
2: that, that was a tangent. <laughs> That's neat.
4: I like that kind of crap because it's so obscure. We're going to continue into the world of obscure with
3: patent cancels. Obscura. Uh, and these were cancels that were designed to damage
4: stamps to prevent reuse. Hey, uh, you should call the section stamp obscura. Stampage obscura. I don't know, something fun like that. <laughs> okay, sorry.
3: Um, I kind of came up with this topic because I recently came across an item that I had never seen and actually had no idea it existed. And it was a Scott number one fifty eight with a cogwheel punch, and there are only two large banknote stamps, uh, one fifty eight and one fifty six, that are listed with the cogwheel punch.
2: That's the one it, cent and the three cent.
3: And it's not non-stamp co- cogwheel notes. punch. Is that a picture or a device or what? what are you, uh, talking about? you can scroll down and show him the image. And that this this actually wasn't a cancel. It was done on the mint stamps. But it kind of it kind of broadened our discussion into patent cancels and the things that they used
4: this to prevent reuse. Because
2: This particular patent cancel looks like a circle of horseshoes or a circle
4: of letter U. So they physically yeah. damaged the stamp so it can't be yeah, reused. Yeah, it, it
2: actually cuts into the paper. So you can't
4: peel it off. It would destroy itself kind of idea. Well, it's kind
2: of the same idea as a grill where it breaks the paper fibers and allows the canceling to soak in, making ah, it much more yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to
3: reuse. Okay. Um, there's another listing in the catalog for what is called the Douglas patent, which is an eight-hole circular punch, and that's listed on Scott numbers two hundred six and two hundred seven. How did that not damage the letter or whatever it was attached to?
2: It was well, done those, before well, the attached. One,
3: these ones were done particularly beforehand, um, but that's this is kind of what led me into patent oh. cancels. Okay, is um, yeah.
0: So these weren't patent cancels; these were patented. Designs put into the stamp to try like, to prevent reuse. I like
2: like, they're, they're all were. called patent cans. Any anything that that actually um, defaces the stamp, and a cut would be considered a defacement.
0: A duplex so, canceller was patented. Yeah, so. but
2: it didn't take. It didn't cut into the paper intentionally. Well, which is
3: one of the things that's weird about this is that you know all there was all these different patents for cancellations, yet the the ones called patent cancels are one, the ones that damaged the stamps.
2: Right. Um, sometimes you you see them. A lot of times you see they're they're like circles or bullseyes, mm-hmm. and then the center of the circle is actually a device that when you when you cancel it, it twists, and it and it actually tears the paper. It either cuts Mm -hmm. out a hole or it tears the surface of the paper and sometimes removes the surface of the paper, scuffing the stamp so that uh, you can't reuse it and then allowing the ink to soak into the paper fibers.
4: How was this done, though, mechanically? So you did that to the stamp, then you put it on the thing to... uh, No, no, no. It was on the envelope. Really? Yeah. Well, here, let's... we'll We'll get into a little bit.
2: The particular cogwheel punch that Tom is talking about was done on the mint stamp prior to application. Okay. The the one I'm talking about was done on the cover after it had been affixed.
4: Is this because they had a lot of fraud reusing stamps?
3: The post office the post thought office, so. Yeah, the post office thought this is going to be, people are going to do this all the time so we better do something to prevent it. Just a bunch of
4: paranoid and, freaks. Huh? And, exactly. and, and it <laughs> turns
2: out more people removed yeah. cancels uh, to sell them to collectors as unused stamps than ever for reuse.
4: Ah, right, okay.
0: Yeah, the big thing was uh, three cents at the time. It might not have been a lot of money, but it took you a long time to earn it because wages were so low. So...
4: A but that would make it a lot of money.
0: A three cent stamp. Well, well yeah, I know. A three <laughs> cent stamp was generally speaking about an hour of work.
4: Three cents an hour, really? Yeah. What, so what era was this? What year? Uh, the eighteen fifties.
0: Oh no, eighteen eighties. It was more, but like in the
4: eighteen fifties, eighteen sixties. So if you're pulling four cents an hour, you're you're pretty good. Yeah. So so <laughs> I'm making a nickel an hour. <laughs> but get e- the ladies.
0: But even in the eighteen eighties, three cents was still like half an hour. Wow. So you were making six cents an hour, yeah. But uh, you would save half an hour. So today, the average wage across the country is twenty-two dollars an hour. So if you save three cents, you were really? saving eleven bucks.
4: The average age, uh, wage yeah. oh, is that across all industries? The, then those, all those industries, those Hollywood actors, yeah, skew that, the, that, that yeah, average. yeah, yeah. right. You got to throw at the top, so it's not probably a very good. You, you want the mean? Maybe the average is
0: no. I think it is average, not it is. mean. It yeah.
4: Is. Okay.
3: Well, the use of patent cancels came about in 1860 after Postmaster General Joseph Holt issued a regulation prohibiting town or rate marks to cancel stamps. This led to a rise of new cancellation devices being sent to the U.S. Patent Office for patent approval, as there was a desire to have a device that would allow the postal workers to use only one device to cancel the stamps. Because I guess when they first did this, it's like, oh, now we can't use our... I want a monopoly
2: yeah. so that I can make money off the government.
0: Well, what it was is you had a cancel date stamp, which showed when it entered the post office. Okay. So you'd have Philadelphia, May 1st. Then you would cancel the stamp. You would not – they said don't cancel the stamp with that marker. So then you get people who are canceling it with corks and, you know, they're, they're making fancy things or they're making not fancy things or they're just taking a hammer and whacking it with ink or whatever.
4: So there's no legislation, no regulation that said they had to do it a certain way. Yeah, there is. Well, you, that you was the regulation
3: to, was it they used to have just the little cancel that said the town and the date on it and you stamped it and it hit – you know, the stamp. And so it's st- like
4: guidelines, not the right. actual device. But they
3: said that that was a thing in 1860. They said you can no longer use the town cancel to cancel the stamp. So they had to put that mark on the envelope, and then they had to use another one to cancel the stamp. Ah, and so again, it's like now you had to be like, you know, you had to be two fists in your cancels at the post <laughs> office.
0: And again, this was a time when the postmaster was buying the canceling device. That disc with the name and then the interchangeable numbers and stuff, you didn't just go on Amazon and order one. These were like cast by professional uh, blacksmiths and stuff like that. They had to make these really for the time period precision devices
4: and they were expensive. I got a cute little one that just a little date and you put on a little stamp thing. You yeah, it cost like dials. a buck and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it's real crappy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, back then, they had to pay serious They're, money They were for all these.
3: made out of steel.
0: And wow. that's why the small post offices, they couldn't, couldn't afford, afford them. it. Yeah. So they wrote, you know, Willow Springs May 15th with their hands. And then the first thing everybody would do was stop that and buy the canceling device. But they'd still
4: use pens to cancel the stamps.
2: Well, they also used uh, carved wooden cancels and oh, any cork.
4: Uh, why not just come up with a tiny little typeset so you have, you know. All your numbers and that you just build a typeset every because morning because it's 1850 and it's <laughs> expensive. Oh well, if I went back to eight fifty, I would said I would create this little typeset one. They're like, hey, just put little things in every yeah. morning. There you go. That's cool.
0: Um, I think that's in my. Uh,
4: oh God, another relics
0: relics uh, uh dot um, I think the it's, episode
3: you haven't no. recorded yet.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think that's number five also where I talk about patronage in the stamp. So
4: what was the conclusion? What happened with all this? Did they finally come to something that everyone had to use? Well,
3: one of the first notable devices granted a patent was from Marcus Norton whose patent 37175 was for a duplex cancel that contained a cutting and inking device that both applied ink to cancel the stamp as well as cutting blades that would cut the stamp so that if it were to be removed from the letter it quote shall be reduced to parts or pieces.
0: And I've seen these before. They, it's a circle with just little like razor, razor blades razor in it. Blades yeah. in it yeah. I can't see how it would have lasted very long, though, because cutting paper is tough. It wears stuff out. So how long did those little blades in there last?
3: Well, actually, they found a lot of them didn't last a long time. That's why a lot of them, you end up, you have the, the ink there, yeah. but the cuts weren't in the stamp anymore. Yeah. Because the blades would wear out, and they would just wouldn't resharpen them or anything. Um, several subsequent duplex cancels were developed that would either cut into the stamp or punch a series of small holes into the stamp so that even if the stamp were removed and cleaned, it would have been defaced to a point where it was not reusable. Some of the punches contained as many as 13 blades to cut or up to 90 needles to puncture the stamps they were used on. Mm. Could you imagine that? That's crazy. Well, the other thing is you're also going to damage the letter inside the envelope.
4: Yeah, that's what I. Well, and I think that was that was one of the
3: that was an issue that actually came up, but they were still using them for a long time. You know, it's like great, you canceled the stamp. You also sliced my letter to pieces. (laughs) It's like taking it
4: out of the paper shredder and putting it back together. So, is this a collectible type of thing? Trying to find one with these shredded, uh, these type of it's a
0: mixed blessing because you have a faulty stamp from the well.
3: If that's the kind of thing, I think you would collect them on cover.
4: Well, you could soak it in water, right? It would probably well, come
0: yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, but right, but then
4: you just got a damaged stamp.
0: You have a damaged what? stamp, but you have oh, a damaged stamp, on stamp on in a cool cover, way.
4: If it's not on the cover, it, you don't have why it was canceled or how. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Okay, I get it. But collecting on covers kind of um, cumbersome. You know, it's a big thing. Oh, you're said.
0: absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah.
3: So the term patent cancel has been widely adopted to describe these creative cancellation devices that cut, punch, scraped, or otherwise deface the stamps. Even though there's a lot of other cancels out there that were patented that didn't do this. Well, yeah, but this term has specifically been reserved kind of for these
4: cancels. I don't think we could introduce cancels in the comic industry. I just don't think it would work. Yeah. Here, uh, you bought that comic? Here, let me cancel that for you. <laughs> Take a punch <laughs> out of it. There you go.
0: Well, but, in, Thank in, you. In Britain, they did. Uh, they went the other way. They started printing the stamps. In inks that were water soluble. Oh,
4: right. So you couldn't soak it off the. So the if litter. you
0: removed the stamp, instead of like having to <sighs> slice the stamp up or whatever, you would literally change the color so dramatically that there's, everybody would look and go, oh, you. There's
2: a number of countries that did that. And uh, the Netherlands also comes to mind. And uh, the US, in the essay section, you'll find a number of uh, essays. Where they actually tried printing uh, stuff with uh, water-soluble ink, or on weird
0: types of paper.
2: Weird types of paper, paper that would fall apart. Uh, You have the onion skin papers, where if you try and soak it off, the design stays on the envelope, and all you get (laughs) is a piece of onions, clear piece of onion skin. (laughs) I mean, all sorts of things because it was it was gummed uh, on the 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 stamps on the inked side, so. Uh, there's, there's lots of different interesting things in the essay section of the catalog for U.S. And sensitive inks, water-soluble inks, that sort of thing, uh, along with some of these patents uh, and defacing devices, are quite numerous in the
0: 1860s, yeah. 70s, and 80s. My favorite, though, to take this to the extreme, is the Stamps of Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, you would put the stamp on, and the postman would literally rip part of the stamp off.
4: Yes. Like a, like a piece of eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'd have, like, this big, huge corner torn off. And my favorite uh, thing was, you know, I love collecting Afghanistan. It's really, really super you rare. You want to
4: collect all the ripped pieces, corners?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was funny because there was this guy, and he had, like, ten stamps. Yeah. And I go... How much for these? And he goes, "Oh, they're all damaged. I'll give them to you for like five dollars." He had it was no like idea. Two hundred dollars worth of stamps.
4: Yeah, he didn't know what they were, and he
0: didn't realize that they were damaged because that's how they canceled. They were canceled. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't hit them with an ink mark. They ripped part of the stamp off. So if it's damaged, it just means
4: it's so, used. So here's the the thing about your industry that perplexes me. You know what meta or do you know the term metadata? Of course. Okay, so this type of metadata, if I looked up a stamp. Uh, a Scott's or however you reference the stamp, the Scott number, that was in this era right here, do you have a, an adequate place that tells you all the things that could have occurred to the stamp? What type of ink it may have? How it could have been canceled? How this, that, that? All this metadata that surrounds that object. In one location? Yeah. No. Well, That's at- the information that needs to be sucked out of yeah. everyone's brain and yeah. put somewhere. Because like, I'll tell neat. you,
3: when I, when I first saw this cancel and we started discussing patent cancels in the office, yeah. I was like, hey, I want to use this as a subject for the podcast. And here we are. However, when I went to actually write this up... Very difficult to find. Virtually impossible to find. I found I found listings for, for eBay and things for, for these things for sale, but to find any actual articles written on it was extremely difficult. I had to go all the way back to um, what's the Is it the classic... U.S. Mm-hmm. specialist. What's
0: well? I learned about him. I don't know where you're going with this. From the Hawaii book, because they talked about patent cancels used in Hawaii. Otherwise, I don't think what's I've ever seen anything really written about patent cancels. What's the book? The Classic Society puts out. The, the Classic it? Society Journal. Yeah.
4: See, it's I don't know, but it's like in a
3: chronicle or something. I can't remember what it was, and I think it was actually written by um, the article is actually written by Skinner, uh, Skinner and Eno. Yeah. Book, and, oh, I a, was lot of, X and y a lot y of and these. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, and they he actually made
0: a, he made a famous book that uh, shows pictures of. I a don't lot remember, of remember what consoles. I showed you.
3: They, um, but I think it was the Skinner Eno catalog has the um, a section of the yep. patent yep. cancels yep. in it and, it, and it lists some of the these different cancels.
2: Oh, it was the um, it was Cole,
0: Cole
4: Killer, oh,
2: killers and cancellations of the banknote era.
4: Ah, so this Sorry. is this is, I is the would, thing that your industry is missing. I think. Yeah, I if, would. Go okay, to say
0: know. that if a person listened to this podcast, they probably are an expert now on patent cancels because there is so little information out there you've probably from this podcast got ninety percent of it. It's
4: crazy. Well, well not see, quite but See the problem with this industry is it's solid, like some older solid ones. fifteen, maybe. If you want to do research... (laughs) Fifteen
0: (laughs) percent? Oh, no, 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 no.
4: If you wanted to research, you have to do the old school research. You're going to have to look at books that were written, historical books, uh, auction uh, books, um, fiction or nonfiction, uh, newspapers, laws. You're going to have to look in weird, obscure places to find information like this. Uh, With the information age that we're in, the stamps have not caught up to that. I was going to try to set up a wiki and all that for you, but unfortunately I got tasked with a huge job and I wasn't able to do that. But you guys need to pursue something like this for this industry for one reason. It will become obscure, and it will only be little aspects of research that's done years from now by one professor on some certain aspect of something. When the industry is still alive and still flourishing, get people to dump their brains into a, a, a database system somewhere where people can access it. This is the perfect time in the world for this information to be captured. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. Somebody's not doing it.
0: Well, I had this same conversation with Scott, what, two weeks ago, about Prussian closed mail.
4: Closed uh, meant with inside of Prussia only, right? I is have no freaking
0: clue what closed mail means. Oh, I
4: thought it meant with inside uh, the boundaries of that.
0: No. That. What it means is that the, the mail was closed into a mailbag. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> and then it was shipped to Germany, not via London or France.
4: Oh, like directly.
0: But my question is, and this is a really, really simple question that I have not been able to hear any answers. Okay, Prussian closed mail, they close it up. Why? That's my my only question. Why? (laughs) Why did they do that? That's a big question, though. It's
4: not small. Why, to a lot of things, is a large question. You have to go into history and personalities. Well,
0: why did... Prussia do it, and Russia didn't. Why didn't (laughs) Italy do it? Why didn't France? Why did Prussian have Prussian closed mail?
4: So doesn't it kind of excite you guys that you could build a place to get this information? If you could reach tens of thousands of listeners, they all are expert on one aspect of what they're doing. I'll be honest with you. Fantastic.
0: I'll be honest with you. That's why we do the podcast.
4: But unfortunately, you don't have the, the feedback yet. You don't have a mechanism for people to... Really submit data in a yeah that's true in a structured format yeah rather than writing a story some in, you know here's the stamp oh by the way this applies this applies this yeah. applies yeah oh, by the way uh, in Silicon Valley uh, machine learning uh, artificial intelligence all this is this is all that's going on right now yeah I can uh, see it metadata can attach you to something and you can be then suspect in a crime just because you were in one place <laughs> two times over the past year. It's crazy the amount of data they're collecting and how it's being used, using AI to go through it. <laughs> Put AI on stamp. <laughs> They'll assign one AI to stamp history. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be like the, uh, the toast of the ball. <laughs> he, he's so cool.
3: Well, we do have a new issue coming out this week. October 3rd, the USPS is releasing the Madonna and Child Forever stamp in a booklet of 20 stamps. The stamp features details of the oil and gold on panel painting of 1520 by Francisco Di Ubertino Verde, an Italian Renaissance painter known as Bacchiaca. And the eats of the Christ child holding a bouquet of jasmine being held by the Virgin Mary. William Gicker served as the art director, and Gary Breeding was the designer.
0: Also Gary Breeding. Oh yes. One of the designers of the
3: tubes. Of course. I didn't know that was coming. (laughs) And our upcoming show schedule, uh, I think we're going to rework this a little bit one of these days soon. Um, Having the ones that are coming up this weekend, I think, is uh, a little too close. Uh, I think I want to push it out to two weeks. What do you mean? Well, I'm going to list the shows, but the shows right now are happening this coming weekend. Well, like the one in Dublin, Ireland? Yeah. It's happening
0: get, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I get you.
3: But um, so I think what I want to try and do is I'll, we'll do one. We'll do a really long show schedule one of the next couple of weeks, and we'll do this week's and next week's, and then we'll start being two weeks out. So oh, that's if smart. people are going to be in an area, they have more time to prepare than this weekend.
4: <laughs>
3: tomorrow, get to Ireland.
4: Right. I get it. That makes sense. Well, at
3: any rate, uh, Dublin, Ireland, October 5th through 7th is Stampa 2018, which is the Irish National Stamp Exhibition in Dublin. October 5th through 7th, 2018 is Winnipeg's in California in San Rafael.
2: That's Winepex. Is it? San Rafael is right next to Napa Valley.
4: I stand corrected. Call it, it Winnipeg's. It does look. Cooler.
0: It does uh, look like Winnipeg's. Yeah. Winnipeg's. Winnipeg's.
4: Sound. I've heard Winnipeg's before. Maybe it was a mispronunciation. No,
2: but this is Winepex.
4: Yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I and haven't. Yes, obviously, involves, I haven't been
3: to that show.
2: Yes, and it does involve a lot of wine drinking. <laughs> oh, it's
4: nice. funny if you go there, get drunk, it's still start calling it Winnipeg's. Uh,
0: <laughs> I got to get in the car right
4: well, now. Their, well, their site
3: is uh, redwoodempirecollectorsclub.org. dot October 5th through 7th in Noblesville, Indiana, Indypex
4: 2018. I see what you're saying now. I just don't have time to prep to go to these places. Right?
3: Yep. Uh, It's uh, indianastampclub.org. New York, October 5th and 6th is Stepex or Stepex. Uh, Now now I don't know how I'm pronouncing these things anymore. (laughs) And that's going to be in Big Flats, New York. California, October 6th, 2018.
4: Why do I keep saying the? These date? are all. Wait a minute. These are all stamp shows. Yeah. Holy yes. sh! Really? Nikes. Dang. Holy sh! Nikes. Is there this many every week?
3: Generally, yes. There's more so now, coming out of summer.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. Um,
3: there is definitely a stamp collecting season.
4: But uh, so the could vice... you be like a stamp, you know, like uh, follow the Grateful Dead? Just just kind of get in a van and you follow every stamp show, just driving around some, town. Some dealers do.
3: Yes, yeah. absolutely. There are traveling
4: dealers oh, that just plan I, I their see, Go. I see a documentary there. <laughs> <laughs> a year in the life, the stamp circuit. It's a tough circuit.
3: Uh, but anyway, California, the Visalia Stamp Show in Visalia is on October sixth. Also in California, in Arcadia, is the first Saturday stamp show, and that would be the fifth. Yes? Today's Wednesday, Sixth. Thursday, Friday, Be the 6th. Sorry. New Jersey, October 6th, in Pensauken. Hey, Pensauken's here again. Uh, October 6th, the MSC Monthly Bourse, which is merchantsvillestampclub.org. <laughs> this
4: is too Cool.
3: <laughs> Olapex in Olean, New York is on October 6th. And also in New York, October 7th is the in Brockport is the stamp and coin show and sale. Like, Stamp
4: Collectors is kind of the original nerd. Yep.
0: And at the Arcadia show, you can uh, see. Considering you us. could start collecting them in the 1850s. Well, well, yeah, they're
4: like the there's old school nerds going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cool.
3: Well, thank you for listening. This has been Stamp Show here today, episode number 193. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott.
4: I'll try to talk less, Greg.
3: And Dawn left us for the day. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting.
2: Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.